FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. The listeners of this podcast are its main driving force. If you would like to support FGC Hollywood, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash forward FGC Hollywood, as well as leaving us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. So without further ado, enjoy the show. FGC Hollywood, stay classy. Some RPGs are super long, but if you're doing a lot of the side content too, that's where stuff gets longer. I'll tell you that much, that's for sure. Yeah, RPGs are like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, episode 17. My name is Max Bleiser. I'm joined, as always, by Pringle the One. Pringle, my man, how you doing? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. You know, week by week, day by day, hour by hour, minute, minute by minute. <laughs> doing all right, man. <laughs> hey, that's the motto that I think we should, all should live on after there, 2020. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. We're in 2020 part two, man. Let's get it. New game plus. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, hell yeah. Pringle, normally we start the show with a little bit of banter, but, uh, you know, we got a really nice comment from little Joe Potfox, who's a listener to the show, and he, he normally uh, contributes with his questions at the end. But uh, I figured, let's read this because it was actually really nice. I felt I felt good while reading this, so maybe you've, you'll feel the same. Little Joe Potfox on YouTube, after the last podcast, he says this. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say God bless you and about your take on the whole Gutex situation. While I don't agree with some of the things he has been saying lately, I find it very wrong that people immediately throw him away without even thinking about seeing if he's okay, especially people in the FGC you would consider his homeboys. So it's really nice to see communities and individuals like you guys at FGC Hollywood that at least consider the well-being of someone. Once again, God bless, keep it real, and never lose your integrity regardless of what people think. How about that? Huh? That's the homework. Right yeah. Shout out to little Joe Potfox. Right? Why is it that we get it from him? We can't get it from the people in our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> no like, kidding. Take a dump on us. <laughs> and like, man, you guys, W for Waldenstein. I'm like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always. Oh, We're man. like the bad guys. Well, mostly me. They love torturing me in there, which is fine. They but, try to uh, correct me. That's it. <laughs> That's yeah, right. they did. <laughs> they try to correct they did. me. I'm like, bro, I'm playing 99% off my memory. What is wrong with you guys? I'll remember everything. I'm not a wiki. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that that was that was really nice. I appreciate little Joe Potflex for saying that. It's it's nice. You know, I I don't know how it started. I think because of the fact that we're called Hollywood, uh, people outside looking in may see us as like not the bad guys, but uh we're a little different. And we we don't always say what you want to hear, but we try to keep it real here. Some people appreciate it. Some people don't. And um, yeah, I just wanted to put that at the top of the show. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, I I, I agree, man. I, and I appreciate that little uh, Joe Potfox. Yeah, man, we're just trying to be genuine. We're just trying to be cool and help one another. It is a community, man. You can't, you can't, if you're always going to have some doodoo-ass cousins in the community, you got to be cool and talk to them, you know. Or maybe, you know, talk to them, and then if that don't work, you stay away from them. But, you know, you got to help the community out. The community got to come together and make unity. Come unity. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to come together and make unity. So I appreciate that, man. Speaking of community, I was invited by the community to be a part of uh, somebody else's work, which was really flattering. So I was, uh, yeah, last week, rather this week, technically. But by the time people hear this, it'll be last week. I was a guest on TVFGC to talk a little shop about uh, fighting games and all that stuff, which I love on their show Input Output. So uh, shout out to those guys over there at TVFGC for reaching out to me and 
Uh, yeah, we talked about a few topics. I won't give it away. You know, you guys have to go watch it. So I think a portion of it will be on YouTube and then the rest will be on audio feeds. So uh, go support those guys. You know, they're up and coming in the FGC. They're trying to bring production and uh, high standard quality into fighting games, which is uh, is nice to see because even we even spoke on their podcast about how a lot of the content these days is uh, basically stream archives. And they're trying to go the uh, pre-produced route, which is, is nice to see. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, overall, it was, a, it was a cool cool time. You know, when you're on a podcast, it's always fun sometimes guesting on one instead of always hosting it. It's a different vibe and mm. uh, not as much responsibility, which is <laughs> always yeah, nice. <laughs> really, like, I could just pop in and say what I want to say. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'll try to pop in and uh, I'll try to check that one out, man. Yeah, I, I'm not sure when it's going to be out. I think they're targeting the week whenever this podcast is out. I think the same week. So, okay. uh, yeah. Just just keep a lookout on TVFGC. They do a bunch of content. They've had Poke Chop on before. They've had Lord Knight recently. So uh, they talk about some cool stuff. So yeah, go check them out. They're up and coming. Nice, nice. Now, speaking of podcasts, I had I announced, I think, a couple weeks ago that I'm doing a Patreon-only podcast or show or whatever you want to call it called Keep It Classy. I just recently finished number two. That one is out on Patreon for everybody who supports the show. And I had... Uh, Longtime friend of mine who is also, he's like a friend of me. That's what I call him. He's like, he's a friend enemy. I've known him for like 10 years, 11 years, something like that. Scruffy Sword, he's in our Discord. If you are in the Discord and you know who Scruffy Sword is, you know what kind of guy he is. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about stories. We talked about all, you know what actually I'll do is right here, I'll insert a clip of Keep It Classy, number two, and that'll give you a little snippet of what we talked about. Keep it classy. I was like, what? I mean, what is happening? Anyway. She says, all right, well, just come out right now. And I said, come out where? And she wanted me to come out of the house. And I said, I don't live in a house. I live in a building. And <laughs> that's when I realized, like, dude, she followed that car to some dude's home. <laughs> no way. The magic of post-editing, Pringle. They already heard the clip right there. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that one little pause in, a, in your speech and you're like, bam, I can fit in like anything I want right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So right there, that was Keep It Classy number two, whatever you heard. I don't even know what I put there yet, <laughs> but hopefully it was good. So you can check that out on Patreon if uh, you so wish. But this is the big one. Catch these hands number two, our tournament. We've been shilling this tournament for the last like two, three weeks now. Finally, we have a winner. We had a vote. It was a tight race between Guilty Gear XX, Axicore, Plus R, and KOF 2002 Unlimited Match. And the winner, which was actually, it, it got like a pretty surmounting lead. I think it was mostly because uh, Zio was, he, he begged everybody on the podcast through <laughs> his, uh, his Patreon question to vote for KOF 2002. And that is indeed the winner. So we have a headliner for our tournament. It's KOF 2002, UM. We have currently eight people registered, but please, if you want to play us, it's going to be on Saturday, January 23rd, 2021, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So that's when we're going to have the tournament. I will put the challenge link into the description of the YouTube version of this podcast. If you want to enter and you're not listening to this on YouTube, the link is in the announcement tab on Discord. So... Come play us. It's fun. The winner gets a fancy title. Currently, it is owned by Paygun, who won our last tournament, the Plus R tournament. He's been holding on to the title of... What is that title, actually? It's called, like, uh, 
Reaper of Souls. Yeah. Taker of Souls. Yeah, because he soul. took all your souls. <laughs> your souls, man. They're gone. So you, if you want to take the title away from him, you have to win KOF 2002, and you get a fancy title on Discord, and it's also it's a nice little community event. You know, we all get to play. Uh, hopefully, you and I can do some commentary, and uh, I think it should be fun. Oh, uh, speaking of, no podcast next week for everybody that's listening. So this podcast is going to be loaded with stuff, but next week, no podcast because we're doing the tournament. All right. Now we can get to... I'm sorry that I'm running through these so fast. It's just because we have so many things <laughs> to yeah. cover today. Uh, we got Hollywood question of the week, Pringle. This is a, a question. You have to pick one. So if you have to play a winner-takes-all match, right? Let's say it's grand final. This tied to 2-2. There was already a reset. The winner of this round wins the tournament, gets the trophy, wins everything. If you had to play with one of these conditions, which would you pick? Cold hands or foggy brain? <laughs> What if any of you said cold hands or cold feet? I was like, oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. I'd play with cold hands probably, man. Hey, I, I hate it, actually. I'm not really good with cold hands. I'm like, it's so weird, man. Like, I play Skullgirls, and I'm like, like, I can't even play the game almost. But, like, with a foggy brain, you can't really function well. You can kind of get away with some some whack-ass stuff when you, you know, your your hands get cold. And they just get warmer, but as, after the, as soon as, like, probably one match goes. But a foggy brain, yeah, I don't want that, man. You ever had either or and during uh while playing like a, an actual experience like that? Yeah, I definitely have cold hands. I have cold hands very often and then like naturally cold hands? No, nah, not naturally cold hands, but it just happens. My hands get like so I have like a, a sweat condition called like hyperhidrosis. So like my hands get clammy pretty quickly. So you can imagine they get clammy and then they're cold. So like mm -hmm. they'll be warm, but they'll get clammy. So like combo breaker, like when I went to 2016, it was horrible because it's so cold in there and I had no hoodie. So like, oh man, I'm never doing that again though. But like, yeah, it was so <laughs> right. cold in there. And you can't buy a hoodie too, because they're like 80 bucks. <laughs> oh my God, you already know, man. I was like, because I, like, I was like, how much is the hoodie? It's $50. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I ain't gonna pay no 50 for a, a black hoodie with just one thing that like Game Freak or whatever, whatever the hell the thing said in the back. And that's it. I'm like, no way not paying that much for a hoodie <laughs> game freak isn't that the pokemon developer <laughs> is that what it is i don't remember whatever chaos head or chaos game whatever what was the uh the brand that sold controllers that they post up in uh combo break i don't remember man whatever i'm not paying no 50 for no hoodie though that's for damn sure yeah you're right <laughs> yeah man because I, I get like uh, i get like nerves man i try to hide them but sometimes i don't know why but i just get them like if i haven't been torn playing in tournament often i just get them like but when I play often, then I'm kind of my body's used to it. But I just get nerves, like I and I get the weird nerves, man. I get like I start having to use the bathroom a lot more. Oh, <laughs> like I get those kind, man. I get like the runs, man. And I, it ain't good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, mom spaghetti, huh? Yeah, man, mom spaghetti. <laughs> really is, dude. I I get those kind, and it's not like I I know I'm getting it, and it's not like I can like. I wish I could just be like, all right, I'll just do, I'll give my advice that I give everybody else. And it's like, okay, it's not going to help with my stomach right now. So, mm. all right. We have uh, some podcast corrections, which I think actually we haven't had needed podcast corrections for the last couple of weeks, but uh, you know how it is. They always get us. Yeah. So Michaela on YouTube says, you hardly mentioned the characters that were in the King of Fighters 15 trailer. And there's, there's like 18 question marks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess we kind of talked about visually and we talked about what the trailer was, but we I don't think we ever referenced who was in it. So 
the characters that were in the KOF 15 trailer, which, I mean, come on, you should have watched it yourself, but it was Shune, Mai, Kyo, uh, K-Dash, Leono, and Benimaru. So those were the, the characters. And then the last correction wasn't more of a correction, but I put it in here. Uh, a bunch of people were mad at, were mostly making fun at me because I play Undernight and I was stuck on W and I didn't say Waldstein and I didn't say Wagner. <laughs> that just means they're not important characters, man. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that was my bad. I don't know why I didn't think of Wagner because sometimes I'll mess around with Wagner. But uh, mm-hmm. all righty. Well, we have, I think, six or seven items of news, so I'll try to go through these somewhat quickly. The first item of news, we all knew it's coming. It's uh, KOF 15, so last week they teased another trailer. But, uh, man, KOF 15 is off to a shaky start. <laughs> so, as promised, on January 13th, 2021, SNK revealed yet another trailer for the upcoming fighting game, The King of Fighters 15, following last week's debut trailer among various other announcements. The trailer featured the new main character of the game, Shunei, as it showed some gameplay, a story cutscene, and a super animation scene in last week's debut trailer. The total trailer length was 45 seconds long, and after further inspection, there was a total of seven seconds of actual gameplay, not including Shunei's finishing super at the end of the trailer. So this trailer has been the subject of a lot of, well, mostly on people on Twitter were kind of shitting on this trailer. And you know what? Rightly so, because it's a 45-second trailer. It came out of nowhere. Again, mm-hmm. no announcement, no nothing. They just ghost uploaded it, which was so weird. Why would you do that? And then people were complaining that it's a character trailer for a character we already saw most of yeah. was in that trailer already. Yeah, man, that's true. And then 45 seconds long, but with all those weird cuts that they did for the gameplay, if you actually see the actual gameplay and you count the seconds, it's seven seconds of actual fighting, (laughs) excluding the super. Man, this is uh, not a good start. Like, really, I I really want this game to succeed. I I want to like this game a lot. And I gave it even a pass with the way it looks, even though it's early. But uh, so far... Back-to-back announcements and trailers, it's, uh, it has not been good. It really has not been a good start. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I, so I actually got pretty hyped. I was like, yo, finally. But I think it was, it was a part of me that was fiending for any content. So that seven seconds felt like 30 minutes for me, man. I'm not going to front. And, you know, a part of me was like, yo, finally. We finally got a character trailer. I was like kind of content with this. But then I thought about it. And then the di- people in Discord started talking about it. And I thought about it. And I was like, wait a minute. This is no different from Arc System. This is worse. <laughs> it is worse. <laughs> yeah, this is worse. I was like, wait a minute. I just really want to see some, some, some KOF. I was like, but this is worse. I will say that the game looks better when it was being played. I think it looked better. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't almost put it as, like, if we were grading it, I went with, like, a C-. minus. I didn't even say probably, like, around the B area. I'd say it looked better when the gameplay was shown. Um, but yeah, dude, the fact that they only showed, like, for one, they only showed a character trailer for a, a character that's already in the game. Two, it's KOF. How many characters? There's going to be like 30, 40 plus damn characters. It would have been great if they did it where they did it, where it was like a Team Terry or Bogart or whatever, and it was three characters. It was like, all right, boom, we got plenty of gameplay. We got three characters. We got something at least. Uh, three, they did the character trailer reveal, and I don't like that either. That's that that was a pretty whack ass reveal. It, it was like this is some budget ass thing. 
I don't see this meeting any of my expectations. I don't know what expectations they got, but they're trying to break ours or something. Yeah, you're right specifically with this because most of the time when they do character trailers, it's like Team Woman Fighters, Team Fatal Fury. So, yeah, this one was weird, but I guess because he is the main character that they're going to give him the spotlight. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It yeah. was um not good. I don't know what to say. It's not good. It's you mentioned the gameplay. Mm-hmm. The gameplay to me looked a little I don't want to say jank. But oh yeah. It, yeah, it it didn't look it looked more of 14 and really? I thought it was going to look a little different. I I wanted 14, don't get me wrong, but I wanted 14 hybrid and the the hit stun when I saw the hit stun again, it is early. But when I saw the hit stun, I was just like, "Oh, it it doesn't seem nearly as developed as I thought it was going to be." Uh-huh. But then again, I don't know when that footage was captured cuz that could be old footage that doesn't even exist anymore. They just had to push it out. Man, by by the way, uh, speaking of like a bag, really like, <laughs> like uh, not inappropriate, but they can kind of whiffed on this tagline, like shatter all expectations. You ain't yeah. <laughs> you ain't cracking expectations yeah. so far. That's what I said they ain't meeting our expect. They ain't cracking nothing, man. Is our expectations are getting as high as the floor right now, man? And they're gonna keep it up there. Jesus Christ, yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm I'm holding on hope for this game. I hope that it comes out later than sooner. Don't rush it. Just take your time, polish it, and just try to get it right. I don't even care if it gets delayed. I I rather a game be delayed than come out too soon. But you know, one of my pet peeves, man. We we haven't heard much of like the netcode and stuff. So mm-hmm. I swear to God, if that thing comes out with delayed base netcode, oh man, we'll have to figure out what happens with KOF 15 further down the line. We'll see. I think. They're going to have a, a long 2021, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely feeling a long 2021 for their asses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. But speaking of SNK, we actually have uh, good news here. It has to do with Samurai Showdown coming to Xbox Series console. So on January 15th, 2021, Samurai Showdown director Hayato Konya announced that the game will be coming to both Xbox Series consoles, which we already knew, but now we have a release date. So it's coming on March 16th, 2021. The game will have the option to be played at 120 frames per second, as well as having the ability to play your Xbox One copy of the game on next-gen hardware. So it's backwards compatible if you already own the game, which is nice. The players who are transferring over from Xbox One to Xbox Series X and S will also be able to transfer all their DLC and save data. For those who are interested in purchasing Samurai Showdown, the game will be available both digitally and physically in Europe and North America. The physical edition of the game will come bundled with four characters from the game's first season pass, as well as the upcoming character Chom Chom, who will debut with the game's third season patch, which by the way, also goes live the same day the Xbox version of the game is out. So season three and Xbox version of Samurai Showdown will be out on March 16th, 2021. Mm, 120 frames per second. I wonder how that how that look, man. I don't I don't think I've seen anything at that point. Yeah, you know what? That is uh kind of weird. I think fighting games have been pretty optimized at 60 frames per second. Uh, 120 frames seems a little excessive, but I don't know. I haven't seen that. Certain games look different with how you see them like on footage on YouTube and stuff and how you see them on your own screen. Killer Instinct looks completely different when you're watching it on stream compared to when you're playing it. So I don't know how this game will translate to 120 frames. I I didn't know if it was necessary or if it's just a cool little add-on to show that the advanced hardware can do this i was making a joke in discord you got the uh, xbox getting 120 frames meanwhile steam can't see one 
They'd <laughs> be having so much problems with some stuff on Steam with frames and stuff, man. Oh man. Well, the game's not even on Steam. That's the sad part. Oh yeah, it's on, exactly. It's on dude, Epic yeah. Games. Yeah, I was gonna say that earlier, a little bit later too, man. It's like, yo, there's no Steam release though. Come on now. Yeah, that's. Uh, I cry every time I talk about this game. <laughs> and I was gonna also say, 120 frames per second is great, but you're not gonna be able to stream upload that anywhere. So yeah, even the even the trailer was at 60 frames per second. Yeah, exactly. So that's <laughs> RFPD. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how necessary that is, but uh, it's cool that it's an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Third news item on the list. So I think we kind of missed this last week because it didn't reach my email until late. So, all right. So we had some technical difficulties there. Thank you, Discord. Don't sponsor the show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, so we're going to give Grand Blue Fantasy versus a freshman year grade, okay? So on January 8th, 2021, Grand Blue Fantasy versus series director Tetsuya Fukuhara updated fans as part of his director letter volume four on the game's future plans, DLC details, and game's upcoming one-year anniversary. It was also disclosed that there will not be a teaser character shown at the end of Onray's trailer, as that character will be revealed as part of Grand Blue's 7th anniversary celebration stream in early March. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is currently on its second character pass, with four out of total six characters now revealed. In addition to Onray, a new balance patch will arrive using the feedback of the game's community, specifically addressing inconsistencies brought upon the game's December balance update. Lastly, Fukuhara confirmed that RPG mode will be updated with additional chapters and that a second battle pass will be coming to the game in February, offering new weapon skins and other rewards for premium users. And I believe that battle pass is $8. I didn't put it on here, but I think that was the number I saw next to it. I kind of want to go over this because we're approaching one year for Granblue Fantasy, and I know we've said a lot of things about this game, but I want to give this game a fair shake and objective grade, even though you and I don't really like it. I still think that we can look at this game objectively and see where it fares among other FGC titles. So the game has sold over 500,000 copies, so half a million copies worldwide. It has gone almost through two character passes, so... It has nine characters currently out by the year mark, or rather it'll have nine by the year mark, 10 total, and that's not including the one that can be unlocked through the story mode or whatever. It introduced two battle passes for more customization options and RPG mode in a fighting game, which is a different take on a story mode for most fighting games, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't have a world tour, but that wasn't its fault. That was because COVID-19. And another thing here, it's one of the most expensive fighting games since its launch. We've talked about it almost, if not every every podcast we do, the Steam sales or the PlayStation 4 sales. If it's on there, it's mad expensive and it hasn't gone down in price. So it, it has been one of the pricier games out. But So anyway, it's done some good. It's done some bad. I, I don't know what grade I would give it specifically, but I just want to say this. In the FGC, this is where I will commend Grand Blue Fantasy, and I, I, I think it's more so because of the property and the license. Mm-hmm. But think about this. This game sold half a million copies worldwide, and it's not even a year out. Yeah. One thing I, I have to say, and I have to commend the Grand Blue Fantasy community for, they, they showed up for this game. They really did. Yeah, man, they really did, dude. You and I didn't, but everybody else who <laughs> loves <laughs> who loves the mobile game, who wanted to mm-hmm. support Grand Blue Fantasy, you know, they buy those character passes, they buy the battle passes. 
they support this game and at least that's something that i can respect even though like i don't agree with the the prices you have to respect the people that support their games because here in the fgc a lot of people say i oh i love this game or whatever but i ain't playing it or i ain't buying it it was like then you don't really love it because i guarantee yeah. people, i guarantee there are people who don't even love grand blue fantasy versus who have bought it because they just like Grand Blue Fantasy. That's real support. And I think that's something that I don't, I'm not saying the FGC should do that, but I'm saying we still have to commend those people who have, you know, they show up, show out for that franchise. So good for them. But yeah, a lot of, you know, they've done some good things. They've done some bad things, but I just wanted to put that out there that that number is really impressive for this game. I mean, one thing that we, someone, uh, Zio, actually someone is always Zio when it's Grand Blue anyway. He mentioned that, uh, it's good for beginners, which I think helped the sale figures of it like tremendously because it's it's like Street Fighter basically. So you have a game that is very simple in that regard, super simple. It's like pick up and play almost. Mm-hmm. So I think that really helped sell it. And I will say to its merit, it, that is a good strategy to use, especially for a brand new IP uh, in fighting games, and especially when they actually cater towards the mobile players you know and i will say yeah man those figures are pretty damn good when you think about it i mean they 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 out here selling a hundred dollar copies of games basically and they selling it at like 500 and 500 copies like the cheapest i seen that game was for 40 man and that was like physical so like that didn't come with anything so can you imagine you gotta buy both those passes which i think what is it more if you if you put it together if you would have bought it at 40 and you put those passes together, you you probably would have spent more on the DLC than the actual game itself. Oh yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, if I, in all honesty, I'd give it a C. That's a that's a pretty passable grade. If I was giving it based off money, then I definitely give it an A because it's working at money, boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's working at money. But as a game, I give it probably a C. It's, it's it's a perfect middle ground, I guess you could say. Yeah, I you know you just reminded me this game does actually do a really good job of catering to newcomers. Mm-hmm. You know the netcode might not be great because oh, one not. you know it, it doesn't play great. Also, there's like no ping display and all that. But mm-hmm. terrible. <laughs> but but at least it does one thing is that the lobbies are really well constructed. Like mm-hmm. casuals really love that type of lobby system mm-hmm. because it it doesn't only allow them to just play all the time right but they kind of kind of interact like even like bb tag has it like the little chibis where they run around yeah. and just you know guilty gear uh exert has that we can go kick a ball or whatever in the lobby like stuff like that like that's fun for beginners where mm-hmm. they're just messing around because it's 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 still a part of like the interaction with the community so that also has been a good a good job of attracting newcomers and that rpg mode where yeah. mm-hmm. you're giving somebody else like a, an RPG of characters that they they love through a franchise and they're not forced to play high stakes match online just to, to see those yeah. characters. Because I think among a lot of new players and people that really like footsies type stuff like that, I've noticed that a lot of them like that like that game, especially a lot of uh, people that really, really love the, the, the kind of slow paced nature of that type of stuff, as well mm-hmm. as like beginners. Oh man, they really like that game. I, oof, yeah. It's good. I was about to put it down, but I'll take that. I'll hold it right there. <laughs> See, we can say good, nice things about Grand Blue Fantasy. Sometimes. Yeah, I know. Right? Good thing this podcast is heavily edited. They'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, a few more news items here. Uh, this one comes by way of Twitter. I completely missed this last week, so I apologize. Killer Instinct World Cup 2021 is underway. On December 27th, 2020, Brandon Alexander, also known as Quake Viking on Twitter, let everyone know that Killer Instinct World Cup is returning, is returning rather. Featured in this Twitter post, Quake Viking released the upcoming event schedule, point breakdown, and prize pot bonus details. The Killer Instinct World Cup features a cash prize of a $1,000 pot bonus for all five of the Combo Clash online events with a $5,000 pot bonus, $5,000 pot bonus rather, at the end of the year. The first quarter events are already underway with the first tournament, Cyber Fights, happening on January 7th, so that already happened. And the next one being KIANZ Surf and Turf War on January 19th, 2021. For more information or details on how to enter, you can visit ultraarcade.com to get all caught up with the Killer Instinct Cup 2021. Mm. Yeah, KI making a comeback a little bit. Yeah, man, I thought that was like not even a thing anymore. I didn't, I, I didn't think they cared about KI no more, man. That's what Microsoft good. doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so this is community run, community led. They're they're trying to resurrect that IP by really putting it up there so i understand what they're doing obviously they love the game they want to promote it they're putting out this tournament and i think this is a way to show maybe microsoft or whoever that hey we we want this game to live we want a sequel to this game and also they just want to play right so mm-hmm. it kind of two burns one stone there but uh we'll see i would love to see if maybe microsoft could do something with killer instinct and you know bring it back for next gen but yeah, I would say if you're playing KI or even if you're just learning, why not enter? Because it's a fun game. The online's good. And you get to have a little bit of uh, those tournament jitters, even though they're still online. So yeah, it's a, it's a nice effort that they're doing there for KI. And I, I like the fact it's called the World Cup. At that ODS netcode they got going over there. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of uh, fighting games that are getting a little older, this one is not that old, but still, it feels like it's been here for a long time. Dragon Ball Fighters. God, season three. Jesus yeah. <laughs> yeah, How long has it been with that game? Four or five years? <laughs> you know what? It kind of feels like that, but yeah. Dragon Ball Fighters came out in 2018. Oh my God. Feels yeah. like a long ass time. I don't think it's even three years old yet. I think it's like two and a half. I'm amazed that game is still striving with that doo ass <laughs> netcode they got. But yeah. Yeah, go on, go on. All right. So. Uh, Season 3 is coming to a close, so on January 10th, 2021, Bandai Namco had an extensive gameplay demo stream for the upcoming character to join the Dragon Ball Z roster, or rather, Dragon Ball Fighters roster, Super Baby Vegeta 2 from Dragon Ball GT, which I know you love. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he's so annoying, man, the way he sounds. Ugh. Yeah. The publisher also spoke a bit about the three-year journey it has been with the game and how it has exceeded many of their expectations and were happy that the fans were there to support the game, which they did. I I, mm-hmm. I forgot what the sales mark for this game was, but I think it was at $6 million last time I checked, which is uh, <laughs> kind of wild. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, Super Baby Vegeta 2 is now available as of January 15th, 2021, and the final character for the Dragon Ball Fighter Season 3 Pass, Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta, who is also from Dragon Ball GT, is set to launch sometime this year as there is no current date confirmed. Oh, uh, okay. Huh, Gogeta? Yeah. Hey, you gonna get another Goku? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get another Goku, boy. Goku blue, black, 
purple, red, yellow. Let's get it. <laughs> He's half right. a Goku. Yeah, man. But that's how exactly how everybody would correct me. He's like, but like, that's not really just Goku. I'm like, oh my God, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Let's be honest. <laughs> Goten, Gohan, it's all Goku in the end, man. <laughs> Piccolo, Krillin, it's all Goku. Yeah, man, it's all Goku. Man. You can at least say Piccolo's a Namekian, so he's green. A lot of his moves are pretty different. I will say that Gohan, when he was like a teenager, his moves were pretty different because of the fact that he trained under Piccolo. So he did things like the Masenko. But then you have, at least Krillin had like his own thing. He was different, you know. You He's pretty, he's bald, man. He, he's a bald man. He's, he's got, got the Shakto disc. Boy. Yeah, it destructo this exactly, man. Like, but Gohan, I mean, but like Goku, and then you got like Goten. That's like if it wasn't for Gold Trunks or whatever the hell Gold Tanks, I don't remember what the hell the name is. Yeah, it would Go just Tanks. be he'd be just another form of Goku when you think about it. <laughs> they're all Goku. <laughs> yeah, man, they're all Goku, man. Jesus, Akira. <laughs> okay, if you would have asked me in like 2018, do you think any Dragon Ball GT characters will be in this game? I would have been like, no way. Yeah, man. Now there's three of them. Yeah, well, three? Really? Was, yeah, because Kid good? Goku is GT Goku. It, oh, yeah, 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 that's true. I always forget about him because I feel like he's pretty close to what he is. It feels, he feels Kid Goku like normal from Dragon Ball because mm. he uses the power pole. But, yeah, I don't understand that, man. I wish they would have made – I missed the rock, paper, scissors that he had in Budokai. But, yeah, weird stuff. I don't – yeah. I'm amazed that game is just – it, I think the the Dragon Ball really does help that IP. Maybe I, I see a lot of people have a lot of fun with the combo system because I will say the combos in that game is pretty fun. My only problem with the combos is that they're so long because of how yeah. the damage is, man. Like they're long, but like not in a fun way. They're long because you just have to press the same button like five times to extend it further. And like that's one thing I never liked about it when I was playing it a little bit because I figured it out in like 30 minutes, man. Like gave me like an hour and I. And I figured out how to use all the characters, and it was like, ah, yeah. I can see how people like doing that stuff, but one of the things that my pet peeve really is just like, it's so long, like the the 300, 500 seconds, I don't know. God damn, they're very long. Yeah, they are really long. Uh, shout outs to, I think he took the video down because, you know, Mike Z, but Stumblebee, Stumblebee had like a really cool, like hour long interviews with Mike Z about long combos in fighting games. And mm -hmm. if, they're good for fighting games or bad for fighting games and it was like a really interesting conversation but i think he took that video down after yeah. the whole mike c thing happened but uh yeah because he was mentioning Skullgirls, how Skullgirls can have really long combos as well so he, yeah. he was comparing the two i don't want to say anything here because i don't really remember what he said but i just remember listening to that whole conversation and he made me understand the reason why Skullgirls has good long combos and why dragon ball has long combos just to have long combos yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, like, in Skullgirls, you have that whole IPS system. So you can have a long combo, but then what it does is that it starts making the scaling, the scaling, scaling becomes so apparent that it's like, what's the point of doing these extremely long combos? You got to kind of think about your combo routing, which I think is a good way to look at combos instead of it just being, just do a lot of damage. Because, like, that's one of the things about, like, um, in, in, in DBFZ, when I think about the combos, I just think of a combo that gives me knockdown. That's it. Like, a decent, strong enough combo, and then I just dump the candy-ass meter. That They just give so much meter in that game, so you just dump the meter, and if it gives you a knockdown, then you could just do Oki stuff, and that's really it. Like that. I don't know if that, there's... That super system is kind of weird when I first tried it, because yeah. 
you get to juggle somebody in the air, knock them down, they're sliding on the floor, and then you can do your super. I was just like, oh, there, I don't have to buffer it so while they land? Because I'm so yeah. used to, like, things hitting the ground and recovering right away. Yeah, that's true, man. Yeah, but, hey, for a, for their freshman year, for, like, a legit Dragon Ball Z fighting game adaptation. Yeah, man, uh, I got a point, though. I'll tell oh, you that yeah. much, yeah. I love the, um, I think you've seen it. We talked about it before, the manga to the anime. And man, they got it on point, dude. I like uh, TN's, uh, I think it's TN, the one with the, th- the three eyes. Yeah, TN. Mm-hmm. The tri-beam cannon or whatever it's called. The tri-beam whatever. Oh, man, that was all perfect, man. That one, that one was perfect, dude. I was like, damn, dude. That was really good. Yeah, their their adaptation of source material was mm-hmm. superb. Yeah, all they got to do is add some good netcode for... Yeah. <laughs> God damn, that's all they need, bro. Right? Really, like that game would be a lot better if the netcode was better. Something to strive for, if you'll say. And speaking of strive, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guilty Gear Strive, they unveiled their game modes and they gave us some details. There's there's three tabs currently. If you go to guiltygear.com, there's three tabs. Two of them are unlocked. One of them is still locked, but. We got some details. So on January 13th, 2021, Arc System Works opened up the How to Play tab on GuiltyGear.com, which goes over a lot of details for perhaps ingratiating newcomers to the game. Mm -hmm. The Battles subsection goes over some basic rules for the game's gameplay demonstrated in a series of short videos, a redirect to the character overview section for the entire roster, and lastly, explanations of more intricate battle mechanics such as Roman Cancel and Psych Burst. The mode subsection of the game goes over the game's tutorial mode in a bit more detail, coupled with some screenshots examples. It also does the same for the game's arcade mode, which will feature branching routes and 2v1 battle elements. Mission mode, which will feature technique trials, survival mode, which escalates in difficulty, and the training mode. Lastly, there was a mention of the online mode. However, that subsection, or rather that subsection, is currently closed off with more information coming soon. Now, I'll read Jam's question here in a second, which is a troll question. But, uh, you know, for you and I, we already know this stuff. But I think for new people, if you go on their website, all that information is super handy because it's delivered pretty easily. Like, you, it's easily uh-huh. digestible. If you're right now, yeah. It's pretty well made. But uh, the online, so they closed that off for now. We don't know why. But I wonder if we'll have more information on the type of rollback netcode we're getting once that is, maybe I'm just overthinking this, but maybe it'll just be, hey, now we have online. But I'm hoping we'll get like some some details on like what the rollback is like or what they use because there's different forms of rollback out there. I wonder if they'll disclose that when that information becomes available. Uh, yeah, that's a good question, man. Because like, okay, so like they put all this stuff online. Problem I think with that is that you put it online once again, and not in a. It's easily easily digestible. But who the hell's thinking of going to guiltygear.com? That's like something that they probably should have talked about in like a video. That would have been perfect for like a guy just going through the the stuff on the internet on the on the website and stuff. But like the website is like I, I don't know unless they tweet, they probably tweeted about it. I guess that's too, how huh? I found it. Yeah, I found it. Yeah. On Twitter. So. Uh, I think YouTube would, I feel like they should kind of help themselves out with that, the marketing via video format. Cause that's a, the easiest way. I feel like the easiest digestible way for everybody. I think like today I saw that they posted something about a girl playing um, Guilty Gear X2, I think, uh, Guilty Gear 2. I was like, I don't, I don't even understand what, what they got to do with it. Like, I don't, like, but <laughs> I feel like they would, they, they, they would definitely help themselves in the marketing 
and I just in this information to make it just like, oh, because it's really good on the website, but it's like, why don't they, you know, why don't they tell people in other ways instead of just uh, just Twitter, like YouTube would be perfect for that type of stuff nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. So I watched those videos. Those videos there are on the website for the tutorial and stuff. Those yeah. are YouTube embedded links, uh-huh. but I didn't, I didn't go see if the, uh, because I already watched it on the website, I didn't go see yeah. if, if I go to YouTube, if that'll redirect me to the website. Hmm. I'm not Let's sure. See. Let me see right quick. That's a good question. Uh, Cause like sometimes they embed it, but it's like unlisted, you know? Oh yeah. I wonder if they did do that. Yeah. Cause they, yeah, no, I think they did. I feel like they only keep that. The site. It's weird though, because it, like the last two things they uploaded was, was like the dark war thing. And then the, and then the Angie Mito trailer. So they what's don't the, really, what's dark war. That's the, uh, do we, are we talking about that? The blade blue, blade blue. Oh, the gotcha thing. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't include it. I forgot. Okay. It's not important. <laughs> it's, it was just a gotcha game, but yeah, they, they, I thought that was a real game. And I was like, yo, a new blaze blue. And then they hit me with the gotcha. And I was like, garbage. <laughs> I got immediately <laughs> turned off, dude. But yeah, so they only, those videos are probably unlisted because they only upload like, they upload, it's like a stream archive and then they upload story of Guilty Gear Rev 2. I don't even understand why they're doing that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's such a hodgepodge weird stuff. I feel like this would be the perfect time for them to be talking about Strive through YouTube. Yeah, I would hope that they show, because that website is so well built for information. Mm-hmm. I, w- yeah. I would hope more people know of it because especially if you're a beginner and you want to try to get into Guilty Gear, that information I think is easily digestible and it's helpful. It's actually helpful. So yeah, man, it's, it's super effective. And then, but then it's like, yeah, it's so good, but it's hiding it in a way where it's not like hiding it, but it's like, why wouldn't you put, it's like me telling you, yeah, man, you know how good the dust loop wiki is. It's like, but it's like a mountain of information and there's videos, but you have to go through the videos and it would be great if there was just one fat video or a series of videos that's just there, you know? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe they're planning on that closer to release date, but uh, maybe. Yeah. For now, I mean, if people listen to this podcast and they're interested in going into learning about Guilty Gear because they want to get into Strive, then guiltygear.com. I highly recommend you go check out those uh, those two tabs because they have some really cool stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Now, JM on Discord had a trolley question that we referenced earlier. He says, when will haters turn around on Strive and realize Guilty Gear is still the best, Kappa Kappa? Oh, man. Well, I mean... If there, if the, if Strive is better than Rev Two, then by all means. But from what I've heard people say, and from what I've seen people talk about, it was not better than Rev Two. It was like fun, like in a Kasoge way. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, I remember Imagine Obama mentioned that he was like, "It's fun, but it's like fun in like a Kasoge game way." And like a lot of people said they liked it, but I don't, I don't even know. But it it doesn't look like it's it doesn't look more fun than Rev Two, honestly. Yeah, I uh, I don't think we've really hated on the game per se. They've made some weird decisions as far as the yeah. gameplay per se. But then again, we don't have a lot to go off of because the beta was so short and we've only seen yeah. character trailers with no uh, voice acting. By the way, that's the one thing that at least KOF did better is, is like the shooting. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> you hear this dude talking, man. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, I think we've only really criticized Strive on the UI because it's you know not it's not not great no, and the fact that they had a 
a complete whiff with that Anji Mito announcement and you know We've already gone through all this in, in previous episodes, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. They, it's it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, well, we'll see. There's there's a lot of TBDs with a lot of these games that are coming out this year, so it's going to be interesting which one uh, tries to mm-hmm. climb to the mountaintop and reaches it and which one falls down, <laughs> ends at the bottom. Yeah, right. Speaking of falling down, Pringle, I'm all about segues today. <laughs> Capcom Cup canceled, so... On January 15th, 2021, Capcom announced on Twitter that Capcom Cup has been canceled. The statement following the tweet reads as such, Due to the rising cases of COVID-19 worldwide, we have unfortunately made the decision to cancel Capcom Cup and the Street Fighter League World Championship scheduled for February 19th through February 21st. While we strongly believe that we could have executed a great event with limited risk, to players, staff, and crew, we have reevaluated as the situation has evolved and the state of this global pandemic has heightened. In its place, we will be producing an online-only season final, so that we are able or are still able to highlight the best players from this season. All players who won an online premiere will be invited to participate in the final, and we are in the process of reaching out to all eligible players to secure their participation. Details on the revised format will be available on CapcomProTour.com in the next few weeks. We'd like to thank the fans, players, and the FGC for supporting Capcom Pro Tour through a challenging season. The community deserves a platform to celebrate their persistence in a challenging year. So our goal is to deliver that on February 20th and 21st across the Capcom Fighters Network. Not a real shocker there, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty glad it got canceled. I was like, good. <laughs> yeah, because remember we read that here where they were moving from what initially was supposed to be France and that was canceled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to go somewhere in South America. I forgot where, but that was the destination after the Audible. And here we are a couple weeks later, not a couple, but a few weeks later, and they're canceling it because, uh, yeah, COVID, It's it might be 2021, but COVID has not gone anywhere. Still here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. They just now pumped up the uh, vaccine, but it's only for like specific people and it's like in phase 1A. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty glad that they canceled it. It's like, there's no reason, man. You know what I'm saying? It's not that important. And I will say, though, that doing it online is so much worse. <laughs> like, yo, I've seen so many people talk about like how the net code, how the net code is bad. And then sometimes when the, when the net code isn't that good, players just like, they leave, man. Like, and it's top players that just leave. And sometimes they have had it where some of the people's neck, uh, the connections is spotty as hell, man. Yeah, playing on Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I and Street Fighter Five's netcode is not very good. The rollback is not very good. So doing that online is like, ugh. yeah, that's the one part. Is especially if you're playing like North America to South America, mm-hmm. and one person playing yeah, on man. Wi-Fi. Uh, Everybody playing Dalton. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, dude. I think they're doing this. They really want to do this just so they can do like some sort of announcement. Because like personally, man, I I feel like instead, like I would have tried to do something different. Like it doesn't have to be a tournament. It could be a different kind of function. It could be a team function or something that could be different for the players to participate in. But I feel like it's always for an announcement, man. Like they want to announce something. That's why they used Pro Tour. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I don't know what their motivation specifically was to try to hold this event offline. It mm. looked like they were trying to be the trendsetter and be the first one mm-hmm. off to return yeah. offline, but obviously, yeah, that didn't work out. 
Oh, Wales. Pringle, we have a uh, fighting game topic of the week, and this is the reason why I was kind of rushing through the news this week is because this is going to be a mouthful. The topic of the week this week is what everybody's been talking about. It's been, it's, I think it's only been out for like three days, and everybody's already been on Twitter, on Reddit, on YouTube. This has been really, truly the fighting game topic of the week. <laughs> it's the yeah. fighting game code of conduct. Kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know about this until really it released, but I guess this has been in motion for quite some time. So on January 8th, 2021, the Fighting Game Code of Conduct, FGCOC, was released by organizers and members of the North American Fighting Game community and is now available to be adopted by both offline and online events and communities. The document begins with this statement under the preamble section. This is the fighting game community conduct. Its goal is to prevent and expel predatory behavior and emotional, sexual, verbal, and physical abuse to create a safer and more inclusive FGC in which more people can enjoy the fun, exciting, grassroots spirits of our community. The document continues in the wake of so many examples of abuse, bigotry, and other bad actions in our scene, we must recognize that we have not done enough to keep our community members safe. Previously, we've only relied on individual tournament organizers and professional tours to conduct their own disciplinary actions. Unfortunately, that kind of piecemeal approach not only places an unfair burden on those TOs, it also necessarily ends up in decisions that can come across as slow dogpiling, that can feel inconsistent, or that are made by people who may not be as well connected to the community. We hope that this code of conduct will solve these problems by empowering faster, more uniform, and more community-focused action. Before I get to reading more of this stuff, the reason why I included the speci specifically that last paragraph that I just read, it said that in the wake of so many examples of abuse, bigotry, la-di-da, I saw a lot of people on Twitter and Reddit specifically saying that the, the reason for the inception for this thing is it's been so reactionary, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, and we cover this, whether it was in August or September, whatever, everything that happened this summer from... You know, there was, I don't know how many twit longers there were on Twitter of like, this is my experience. It wouldn't stop. And you and I spoke about it on TMP. We spoke about it on this. The, the Mike Z stuff happened with Lab Zero and then not to mention mm -hmm. Evo. A lot of bad stuff happened this summer. And this seemed, at least by in the eyes of a lot of people, a very reactionary thing is like, all this stuff happened. Therefore, we need to put this in place. So it seems like it was specifically targeting the events that happened instead of already just having rules for tournaments without anything happening. That's something I saw on social media specifically saying, oh, now we're doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about this thing? Oh, man, I I, uh, I don't like it. But <laughs> so I feel like you're late to the punch, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yo, wait a minute. This is something that so this is one of the problems with humans. This is our problem, right? We only take actions when things become really bad, right? And mm -hmm. this is one of the things that is one of those cases where it almost feels like uh, now we're finally taking an action that should have probably put it, been in place since probably the beginning. So we would have some sort of framework to even begin with. So, for instance, the, that paragraph you picked, too, it, it, 
it mentions oh abuse bigotry bad actions i mean the fact that they use dogpiling in that thing i, I feel like it kind of throws away any of the uh, professionalism but <laughs> we'll use that word that like that in general taking like i can say it's good that they're doing something now but it's 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 like you're like kind of like to the punch and it almost feels like it's only the bad things like is the is the fgc nothing but bad things now is is if, like just taking that paragraph it, it's like in the wake of so many examples of bigotry bad action stuff like it's like is it just the focus of bad things that people have been paying attention to and that's why they're doing something now or is it really to keep it safe you know what i'm saying yeah that's why i think everybody feels it's so reactionary because and i mean part of it has to be right because you need yeah. the bad stuff to happen in order to know how to counter exactly. yeah, counter right. it but there's also this feeling of like remember I, I think you and i were a little too young but i still remember it somewhat but remember flying before 9 11. oh yeah man it was so much easier yeah like it was now <laughs> so like post 9 11 flying sucks ass <laughs> Yeah, man. It, man, I remember one time I took my cocoa butter, man. You know, us brothers got to have a cocoa butter. I took my cocoa butter. <laughs> I took my cocoa butter and they're like, no, you got to throw it away. I was like, oh, man, this whole cocoa butter, I got to throw it away, man. Oh, yeah. It's different. It's definitely different. Yeah, it, it sucks. But I remember like when I was a kid, I used to fly with my parents. Mm -hmm. We never had to take our shoes off. Like that was yeah, a thing. Yeah, Mm-hmm. But post 9-11, everything changed. Similar thing here, except here, and they did change it, right? They revised it. Here, it, yeah. it's it's not a governing body. It's, mm -hmm. it's a community-led document that can be adopted by whoever wants to adopt it. It's like nobody's forcing you to adopt this. But it is in place. If you don't want to make your own code of conduct, you can adopt this, and then you'll have uh, the the committee there for you so i can see some good in this but uh let's keep reading because i think we'll really have a lot to talk about once we go over some of the rules and also i actually got a breakdown from somebody who was uh, a part of this whole thing oh okay yeah. under the authority section of the fgcoc the responsibility section reads or re rather the responsibility subsection reads as such Quote, all participants will be personally responsible for familiarizing themselves with this code of conduct. The backers will be responsible for promoting it and posting it easily, or rather posting it easily noticeable places. But this code of conduct will apply to all participants regardless of whether they've read it. So really that means is that let's say Combo Breaker adopts this mm. and you and I go attend Combo Breaker, we already have to adhere to this code of conduct, even if we haven't seen it, we haven't read it, we don't know what's in it. That's their rules now. So we we can't violate any of the any of the stuff that's in there because Combo Breaker has adopted it. So I think that really puts the responsibility on people who attend tournaments now. You might want to check out this document just in case so you're not blindsided in case you have done something in the past that wasn't considered a violation, that now it's under a certain violation code or whatever. So that's just more of a PSA to people who listen to this podcast. Whenever we do start going to tournaments, and this also reflects online communities as well, because certain online mm -hmm. communities can adopt this. I would say that if you're active in the scene, especially going to majors or whatever, you might want to be familiarized with this code of conduct because from what I've seen, a lot of bigger tournaments have adopted this. So it's good to know of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, moving over to the conduct section, 
There is a list of violations that the community should know not to commit. I have included some of the violations below to give you an idea of what we're dealing with here. So for the most part, I've read all the violations. I didn't see anything in there that was, it was mostly just, you know, don't be a dick, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, like, pretty much, yeah. It was all okay, pretty standard practice from what I saw. It wasn't anything crazy. Like this first one, section, or rather violation 3.1.1, engaging in assault, battery, physical harassment, or abuse of any other, or any other physical contact with any person without their consent. Pretty standard. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't hurt anybody. Don't touch anybody without their consent. Nobody wants to be harassed or abused. We can all agree that that shouldn't be a thing, okay? Yeah. 3.1.2, engaging in malicious bullying, baiting, trolling, or other non-physical harassment or abuse that rises to a level beyond commonly accepted FGC trash talking. Okay, so before I even start going on this, what, can you explain to me why? Yeah, I mean, what what is the level we're talking? You know, that's that's the problem. Like, what if we? What if I like to bully, bait, troll, and do non physical harassment or abuse in game? <laughs> what about <laughs> that? What if I like to teabag you and play you in a in a super obnoxious way? I've seen dudes get pissed off, really pissed, from playing somebody. Am I gonna be the one that should? Be, am I the one in the wrong for not being like? Oh well, I mean, it's just a game. Or is the guy that's getting angry at me? I'm I'm gonna be like the problem because he just can't handle my play style. I don't know, man. And trash talking is like that's so like that's almost like subjective. It's like yeah, you, like if, between you and me, we could say anything to each other, right? But then mm -hmm. between like and if we were in, in like take it if, like if we were in a setting where everybody's just playing fighting games and we just like call each other the worst man, racist ass names. But that's how we talk to each other, so it's fine. What would what would be, what would happen if somebody heard that? Would that be a problem for them hearing it? It's also like um, it depends on who you talk to, you know. Like, what if I was playing with Polk Shop? I mean, his trash talking wouldn't mess with me, but it might mess with somebody else. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna mute Polk Shop? Nah, I don't want to live in that FGC, man. Not my <laughs> FGC. Not the one that mutes Polk Shop. Not my FGCs. You know, it's it's funny. You said basically everything. That was my sentiment. Yeah. Pretty much before. I mean, still kind of is, but I've gotten clarification. But okay. Cool, you're, cool. you're right. Like, I was thinking the same thing. The, like, it's very subjective when you're talking yeah. about commonly adopted trash talking. So um, Ham Jams, at, at Ham Harder on Twitter, who is a Midwest tournament organizer, he reached out to me to see if I had any questions regarding the FGCOC because he figured that this would probably be on the podcast. And he kindly offered himself as a resource since there was a lot of... I mean, first of all, he was there when the whole thing got drafted and edited mm -hmm. and pushed out. And he already saw the circulation on Twitter of a lot of people saying things of like misinformation, right? There was a lot of people saying, oh, this is in there, this is not in there. So he just offered himself. He's like, hey, since I was present when this whole thing was getting made, if you need have questions, just reach out. So I, I haven't read the whole thing when he reached out, but then I did. And I, I had a few questions for him. So he was kind enough to, I asked him if it was like, if I could use his, what he answered me and, and reference it on the podcast, he said yes. So I think this could be a little bit more clarification to specifically mm -hmm. the questions that I had. But for the most part, this whole thing is, is made to just 
be pretty standard practice and just also be common sense for most of these roles, right? Yeah. So similar to what you just said, my question was the phrasing commonly accepted FGC trash talking is a bit subjective because what's accepted in the Atlanta scene is not in the Cleveland scene, for example. So we're meeting in neutral or rather on neutral turf like Daytona for CEO or St. Charles for combo breaker. How do we determine what is commonly adopted or rather commonly accepted? Ham James responded with this. He said, this is definitely in place so that it is understood that trash talk is acceptable, but though subjective, should it cross a line of obvious discomfort for a player, especially if that player expresses that discomfort to said trash talker, it should stop right there. And then he also said that... You know, if the player doesn't express discomfort, but it obviously seems to be crossing a line of some sort, then a TO should just use his own discretion to mm -hmm. to intervene. But it really what it comes down to is if the player asks you to stop, then that's when you have to stop because it makes them uncomfortable. I still don't really like that because trash talk should make you uncomfortable. It's how you get rattled in a, in a yeah. fighting game in sports and competition. But I, I like trash talking to an extent. I like trash talking the way the great Rashid Wallace did it when he played basketball with the Pistons mm -hmm. and the way the great poke job does it. Like you just mentioned. Yeah, I, man. I love trash talking when you're talking about my skills in the game. When you're talking about, you, you know, you can't hit me, you can't block, you can't tech this throw. For me, that's fun. But I don't like trash talking when you start talking about my parents, you start talking about my race, you start talking. I, I don't really like that part. Yo, 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 so I, I want to say that's the funniest kind for me. I, I'm going to be real with you. Man. It's like, that's what your mama did because you can't block this over. I'm like, God damn, that's, that's cold blooded. But yes, that is that is breaking the line. But I will say for me personally, if you talk to me like that, I will tell you to stop you. I'll just try to body you. <laughs> right right but i listen i understand if you're friends already i am i'm okay with it because it's yeah. like all right there's some sort of common ground there but mm -hmm. if you're just sitting down with a complete stranger which poke chap has done and he doesn't know him and normally poke chop if you notice him playing he won't start trash talking until he's struggling a little bit yeah that's kind of funny that's yeah. funny <laughs> and then he really tries to play the mental game to give him an edge, which I have no problem yeah. with. Other players do it too. So that's why it, it is a strategy in a way. The discomfort part is, again, subjective. Mm -hmm. But I understand that there is a line that shouldn't be crossed. But where is that line, I think, can be a little blurry sometimes, depending on the person. Yeah, man. If it, it could be like, for me, I could be cool with anything. But then as soon as you would be like, you mentioned my... uh I don't know, my nephew, I might get angry, something like that. <laughs> or, or it might be that one thing that uh, is that, it, and it's this weird thing. So it really is a blurry type of thing. I think it's just cool just to not try to step that bounds. But unless you really know the person, it really is like weird. I will say right quick, though, shouts out to Ham Jam for not only looking, seeing our podcast, but, you know, reaching out to us about this. So that's mm -hmm. pretty cool. I appreciate that, though. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I had another question, and this one had to do with 3.1.5. Taking photographs of or recording any other person without their consent or backer authorization. My question was, there are a lot of people that document their experience at tournaments and events. 
bystander appearances happen just simply because of the amount of traffic there is. Can people be held in violation for something like that? Because, I mean, I've been to tournaments, you've been to tournaments. I've taken pictures before of like you know, cool, cool merch stands and of my friends or pictures with other people. And there's a lot of people in fighting game tournaments. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're in the background. You, you can't really help it. Like, I'm not trying to take their picture, but it just happens. There's just a lot of people traffic in these tournaments, hallways and the ballroom. So I was wondering, what, okay, what happens if I video somebody and they show up and a lot of people take blogs, right? So you're going to yeah, have that happen. Yeah, yeah. So Ham Jam said, so this is a circumstance that is often within the written rules to large tournament, to large events. Your photo will be taken and used, and by showing up and paying for it, you consent to that. But if someone says to someone who has no staff affiliation not to record them or photograph them, then of course that's an issue if said individual refuses to adhere to that. Similar to the trash talking thing. If somebody doesn't give you the consent or doesn't give, say, hey, stop, it says, hey, stop that, that's when you should be like, okay, sorry. The only problem issue I have with this one is that... If I'm trying to take a photo of, because listen, I'm not staff, I'm not part of the video. And I I understand that there's a fine line there because they technically should know that their picture might be taken. But just in case I take a photo of my friends, for example, and somebody just happened to be in the background and they felt uncomfortable with being in the background at that point in time, but it just so happened randomly that I took the photo while, you know, I was trying to capture my friends that perhaps that could escalate to something. Mm-hmm. I don't know because, again, larger tournaments make that known that your photo will probably be taken. But to what extent will this FGCOC come into play if the person was uncomfortable with it, even though I did it like unintentionally or if I obviously I didn't ask for the consent because I was trying to take a picture of something else? Again, it's a little blurry. That's the only problem that I have with some of these things is that it's the the reasoning for why the violation could be led to ramifications is just it's blurry yeah man there's also i don't know man maybe like i also have this weird feeling where like i record somebody and then like this might this is the youtuber in me i record that dude and he said something about it and he only popped in for like two seconds of the video and then he tries to put my video down on youtube when i upload it (laughs) (laughs) it's like i don't like this motherfucker i told him i didn't want my face on that damn movie and i'm like bruh like you barely popped in yeah keep going (laughs) that's my only thought (laughs) (laughs) all right we have a few more here uh this one i didn't really have a question as this is another one of the the rules this is 3.1.9 disclosing confidential information or media doxing or sharing any personally identifiable information or violating any person's reasonable expectation of privacy this uh i don't know why the fgc does this a lot we have a lot of doxing cases for some reason oh yeah that's weird yeah you're right people get salty and then they dox people what's up with that yeah i don't i don't doxing i think is like a big thing in the internet nowadays man yeah so I was glad to see that specific violation on there because I think if you have a history of doxing somebody, you should get banned from tournaments. I don't like that. All right, 3.1.13. Tampering with a tournament, fixing any match or bracket, colluding, entering multiple times in a single tournament, substituting or being substituted for any other player mid-tournament or without good faith permission from the organizer, using disallowed game code, game code exploits, or any unsportsmanlike conduct or conduct that violates commonly accepted FGC tournament etiquette. 
I have experience with this. I won't say oh, this person's name, but uh, y'all can check the tapes because Combo Breaker 2018, I fought a Jack 7 player and Tekken 7 pools. I beat said Jack 7 player and Tekken 7 pools. And then I proceed to lose. I get knocked out of the tournament and I see this guy on uh, on stage playing a pool match and he's under a different alias. And I was like, right. wait a second. How is he still in winners? Oh, man. Did you tell anybody about that? Nah, I ain't no snitch. But I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> I want to call his ass. I was like, oh, hell no, nah, man. That ain't cool, man. No, it ruined I, Yeah, but, it did ruin it. How I found out is I was cheering my friend to playing Soul Calibur, and right. I was already knocked out of Tekken. And he's playing Soul Calibur, and then uh, I forgot if he won or lost, but anyway, we stood up and we start looking at the stage, and he pointed it out. I wasn't even paying attention. He pointed out. I was like, hey, didn't you just beat that guy? <laughs> I was like, wait a second. What happened? And I looked at the bracket. He wasn't uh, under his name. And he was still on winners. I was like, that's the same guy. So unless he has a twin, which I know he doesn't, because he played Jack Seven. <laughs> it's the yeah. same dude. Yeah, man. I so I will say that it's definitely one of those things to call him out, but like there are times where it's like, what? And then you just kind of like, whatever, you just free. You just say whatever, because it's like whatever. But it really does, I'll say in hindsight, ruins the tournament bracket. Like that thing, like Jacks it all up when you got somebody that just kind of keeps going like that. Like I think that's really the bigger problem of it. Like I think of it sometimes where like what if you were running a normal tournament and you someone put like you lost like and then you're in losers and that just jacks up the whole thing from there on out. <laughs> That's what I always think of sometimes with those brackets, man. I think I think what happened the so the guy lost right under his I don't know if it's his original alias or maybe that was the fake alias, huh. but he lost and then they must have called somebody last call before DQ and he took mm -hmm. that person's name. Bruh, this man is savage. He's a, what is that? He's the random character. <laughs> That's a goddamn savage. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to that guy. He played the system. And by that time, like, I didn't care because I knew I was already out. I wasn't going to be like, hey, that guy shouldn't be upstage because he's that's not his real name or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It was. uh told it to you afterwards, man. Yeah. I don't know. I just. Even though, like, I was wronged, I was still taught, like, not to snitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I get that part, man. It's it's definitely in us. Did he win? Did he win the match? I don't remember. We bounced out of there. Oh, okay. Because if he would have won it, I would have definitely caught it. Because <laughs> 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 if he loses, it's not a problem. But if he won, I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> uh, I think we bounced out of there because my two other friends had late night pools. So we went to go grab uh, a bite to eat. Sometimes it's not even worth it, but it. But yeah, it's seeing that stuff really pisses me off because it's like you really mess up the bracket for the tos, man. Mm -hmm. But uh, if he's listening, he knows. He knows what he knows what happened. <laughs> That's funny. All right, three point one point fifteen. Creating a nuisance or hazard by neglecting personal hygiene, refusing to take. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would crack you up. Uh, <laughs> Refusing to take appropriate high, uh, hygiene or rather uh, refusing to neglecting personal hygiene or engaging in or encouraging others to commit any hygienically or medically unsafe behavior. This is uh, this is kind of funny. A lot of people were targeting Smash, obviously, because they have a history with this. Yo, they, they said, we don't want no Smash players. We ain't going <laughs> to say it, but we 
don't want no sticky. Did I tell you about the story about the dude that pooped himself in bracket and it was a smash player? So it, was, it was a guy that he was in bracket, it was like a locals, and he was in bracket and he was playing and he and he doodled himself mid-match. <laughs> and the guy the guy that he was playing against won, but then he was like, Oh, I left because it smelled like crap the whole venue. Dude, he just left that doodle in there. Or how about the Smash player? Or I, I don't know if you ever heard of the video, but there was like a video that was made by this guy talking about Smash players being smelly. And he talked about like how he went to a Smash, like a, I think it was a convention, and he went through like uh, there was like an alley of Smash players or a room, and he just w- walked into that room, and they all smelled bad. It smelled like death, man. Like, oh, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, I think he, here's for Ham Jam. If you could, I would tell them. This is one of my other suggestions. Personal trash. Like, don't, because that's another big, my big problem with a lot of, and I'll be real with you, it's Smash players too, man. But in general, it happens. I don't like that people litter, man. They don't pick up their garbage, dude. It's like, what, like, am I supposed to clean up after you grown ass men? Like, come on, man. Like, and women, but the women don't do that. So, like, I don't really like that. I like the, the fact that they don't pick up the trash. They smell horrible. Like, Yo, that yo, it's it's true, man. It's <laughs> it, it's true. But I will say to that aspect, I will say that I did have a guy, a guilty gear, guilty gear player that I played that I talked about before. That he smelled horrible. I was mm. like, yo, I need I need to body this guy, and I gotta go, man. This guy smells bad, bad. <laughs> so I I agree wholeheartedly with that one. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No, I I get you. You know what? See, Otaku twenty. 16 or 15 i don't know when i went there uh jabali actually he like rented like this giant dumpster mm-hmm. and he put it outside because they didn't have they only had like these little trash cans uh so the dumpster yeah. actually really helped because people were throwing bottles in there like juice and stuff um or gatorades and stuff so you could you could throw it there because the recycling bin would be always full because there's a lot of plastic in there and then just random yeah. trash so having the big dumpster there for majors i think is a, a good investment for cleaning mm-hmm. wise yeah, man, because it's it's a lot of work at the end where you have to clean all that stuff. They're not good. Players don't give a damn, bro. They just go in there, they play, they piss all over the place, and they leave. They're like, they're like the dudes that don't care. They're like, they just in the man's bathroom. They just go in there, pee all over the urinals, and leave. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> like, you have no shame. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. It's, I think uh, I think a big dumpster for some of these things would, mm-hmm. would definitely help. Also, the FGC. I mean, I don't know how many people have gone to tournaments and have seen this. The FGC has a really high smoking population, like cigarettes. Oh yeah, that's very yeah. yeah. So having the dumpsters there, maybe with a, maybe a couple of like smoking designated areas, could help because then they could just throw their cigarette butts instead of having them all over the place. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly, dude. That's another thing too, because if they're gonna step outside and smoke, which they usually designate their own smoking, like that's like a smokers thing. They all just like congregate to like a area where they all can just smoke, and then yep. it's like all right. And my locals, I don't really have that thing because there's not, I don't think there's much people that smoke. Or then if they do, they step outside. But yeah, they can throw it out. That's a, yeah, exactly because I hate that. Like a lot of smokers tend to do that sometimes. They're like, oh, it's biodegradable. Man, it's still garbage, you bastard. Don't be out here. Trying to say that. <laughs> but back on Smelly Smash players, I uh, <laughs> I will say, you know, this, so this obviously is, it also applies for, you know, FGC people because to be honest, I think it was one of the combo breakers I went to before it had three, three, um, three of the rooms, three of the ballrooms that they use when they still had two, they had the big one and then they had the smaller one and the smaller one had like a subsection where they played smash. 
because yeah. uh, for some reason combo breaker is not a big smash tournament so they didn't have a lot of entries but they they put the smash section right in front of the door of the smaller and i don't know how many people were in there but it wasn't that many but man i thought i i was just like i didn't because i've never been around smash tournaments so i never knew if, if it was like a, a myth or if it was like just people giving smash players shit for playing smash so they say they stink but uh when i it's went into not. that room because the back of that room had arcade machines yeah what dude that was a mistake to put the smash player <laughs> at the entry <laughs> Yo, okay, so I can I can give you a little bit more clarity why there isn't more Smash players because that same time they go to another tournament which is in Georgia, which is uh MomoCon. So they go to the, the tournament over there and most oh. of the bigger names go to yeah, that's why they don't go like some go to the to the combo breaker one because it's a better experience tournament wise, but then the bigger really deep into heavily invested Smash players, they all go to MomoCon. So, you know, they're, I guess they all weaves or something. So they'd rather go to that one than the fighting game one. I don't understand that one. It's better. Combo Break is probably better than Momo Combo. I don't know. But so, like, yeah, that's one of the reasons why it didn't really smell like a, like someone's dirty socks stuff up their butt. So, you know. Okay. So, but, yeah, that was, uh, you, you said it smelled like death. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was pretty close to that, man. It was. Dude, I think a big part of it is that they're just underage individuals and they don't like be listening to their mama. So they don't be like your mom. Be like, you need to clean behind your your, your ears and your and your armpits. You know what I'm saying? And they be like, nah. And, and the dudes already in the FGC are older, so I, they had to get ready for their first job. And you can't be going to your first job smelling like ass pits and, and doo doo fart butt cheeks <laughs> and Elmer's glue. So, yeah, man, exactly. So I I think that's a big part of it, man. Personally, like it's just younger kids, man. Yeah, well, it was, it, dude. It, it reeked in there. But I will say this: like, as Smash was like that that room was really really bad but it's not like the fgc is the epitome of cleanliness either so not at all man i think both can really i haven't had too many experiences because for the most part i get in and i get out right like i i go play i get my ass kicked and then i go back i you know i go have some food i come back for grand finals to watch like the top eight yeah but uh yeah if you're in a really small place and it's hot yeah, the FGC isn't like, oh man, everybody smells great. Nope, <laughs> it doesn't smell great now. It smell like foot and ass. I can at least admit when I smell like foot and ass, man. Some of those people are like, no, I don't smell nothing at all. I'm like, of course you don't. You smell like foot and ass. <laughs> you can't smell nothing, boy. Your upper lip stink. <laughs> but you know what? Also, it is is uh, I think some a lot of the times the reason why we don't smell nearly as bad as Smash players is because it's every time it doesn't matter which tournament i've gone to every single time i've gone into a venue for the first time for a tournament it always smells like weed in there like no matter what (laughs) really oh yeah yeah. because the fgc they they're stoners like all of them so (laughs) everything's right (laughs) so it's the the weed smell masks a lot of the bo (laughs) so the weed smell is worse for me than the bo sometimes man we reminds me of bad, uh, bad experiences and in, in, in ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I haven't, had, I haven't been to as much majors as you, so that's probably what it is. But for the things I've gone to, I've just had it where like I've had some situations where they just smell really bad, and like I had that one guilty gear player that just reeked like, oh man, he just did not shower for like days. I think. Yeah, I think I'm. I mostly attribute. Uh... Or, or mostly recall smelling weed, a cigarette smoke, 
um and those kind of smells more so than bo but yeah there have been occasions where i was just like man this kind of stinks in here but yeah uh that, that's a good rule overall like yeah can we take showers that'd be great yeah I, hey i would even extend that and say can we at least keep the place smelling decent you know what i'm saying can we get that going like jesus christ why places <laughs> gotta smell like somebody's underpick man yeah. jesus yeah we don't we don't need a code of conduct for that one <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it has to be someone's got to put it somewhere in writing. Jesus, y'all just be, or we at least police our own and tell each other, yo, man, you smell bad, dog. Like, you smell like booty ass cheeks, man. You got to go, you got to do something, man. All right. So, this, this, I think this is the last violation. Yeah. This is the last violation that I included here. And this was another one where I had a question. So, uh, section 3.2 underage participants. Any participant under the age of 16 must be accompanied by an adult guardian when attending an in-person community space. Standards of behavior will be higher with or around anyone under the age of 18, meaning behavior that may not otherwise amount to violations may be treated as violations if the target is under 18. Anyone under the local age of majority will be deemed unable to consent, including to sexual activity. Again, I think this one specifically is a very reactionary thing, mostly for the Smash people, not for oh FGC. Yeah. Uh, I had a bit of a problem, a bit of an issue with this. So this is what I sent uh, Ham Jam. I said, it seems a little unfair that someone above the age of 18 has to alter their behavior because someone younger with a guardian is present. But I can understand that somewhat. What I am confused by is the fact that someone can be held accountable for a violation while in the presence of a minor where otherwise they wouldn't have if the minor wasn't there what does that really entail is that like swearing or what what is that like what could be the violation so uh he responded with saying as a to myself i swear in front of kids i don't apologize for it by the way he's a, also a former military man so you guys might be friends yeah, <laughs> This is in place specifically for people who make it weird when interacting with minors. You really don't have to change much of anything around kids. This is, again, a common sense discretion kind of deal. They are written that way for that reason. But I do understand how that could be confusing. Quote unquote, being weird around minors is hard to quantify. But as long as you're keeping it FGC around minors and not creepy drunk uncle while while around minors, you'll be okay. It's just there to protect the kid. And if nothing else, an infraction does not mean someone is subject to any actual outside of the TOs or to anything actual outside of the TOs watching them a tad bit harder. So I understand that it mostly has to do with predatory instincts of people who are weird, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, don't be weird around kids. You, I still probably wouldn't swear around kids just because I would feel uncomfortable with it. But it is a bit of a bummer that if I didn't know the kid was there and I said something, whatever with my friends that were messing around and he just happened to walk by with his guardian and he heard me, you know, all of a sudden that's, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable for me mostly. So it's like, ah, oh, damn, I didn't, I didn't know that kid was there. I didn't want to say that in front of him, <laughs> but this is mostly seems uh, to be like, don't, yeah. Like he said, don't be the creepy uncle, you know, keep it, yeah. keep it under wraps <laughs> and, uh, Let's just play fighting games here. So I understand this rule for the most part. You can still be who you are, but uh, just be aware that sometimes minors will be around. Yeah, man. I, I also think it's like we got to kind of police our own on this kind of sense. We got to 
kind of keep our keep the skin on our backs with each other because you know it's like one of those things where you know people just because you're older doesn't mean you're a good role model you know what I mean? you could be yeah. you could just be just as bad as that as that person that's like i don't know you could be as bad as a 16 year old kid i also i don't know that i know this is a reach but like i also want to say like are we keeping these kids accountable for the actions too of course we are but you know, I always want that to be a, a factor because, like, people will be like, kids can't do nothing wrong. I'm like, yeah, right. But, yeah, I, I agree, yeah, man. Don't be weird, you know. I, I think policing each other is helpful, too, keeping each other like, oh, man, hey, there's a kid over there. I was like, oh, okay, thanks, man. You know, stuff like that, nudging him on the elbow, stuff like that is helpful for each other because you really don't want to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, it's not a, it's not a terrible rule because – I have seen some kids, not that many, but I have seen some kids at tournaments. I would assume it's the, the numbers higher at, in smash events, not so much FGC oh, yes. ones. It's definitely. Yeah, it's 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 actually like so from my experience, man, I'll say right quick, it's a pretty big distinction. So like so my locals will have we'll run the locals and sometimes we'll actually have like real young kids, like younger, younger people, right? Like maybe 15, 16, 17. But then as soon as it's like, as soon as Smash is over, it's us. It's the, it's the FGC people. It's mm-hmm. us. And we're all like, like, at least older than 18. So it definitely is more normal to see a lot of these younger kids in Smash events. Like, man, I see a lot of kids in those Smash events, dude, compared to when I go to full FGC events, it's a lot of older people. I will also say that the thing is with much of those FGC events, the older ones, it's usually older people that kind of come together to play fighting games that have to spend money to get to said location as right. opposed to these young kids they get their parents and like it's really it's much more quantifiable i guess telling your parents i just want to go and play smash bros than it is probably like all the other myriad of fighting games and stuff like that i i think i've been to a handful of big big majors and i've seen maybe like two like younger kids and they've both had guardians with them yeah you don't you don't see it too often especially in big majors because it's just like, you know, you don't spend money to do that type of stuff. You know? mm-hmm. uh, one more thing here, then we'll get to some of the community feedback that we got here on Hollywood when this whole thing transpired. So finally, mm-hmm. under the investigation, adjudication, and enforcement section, uh, subsection 5.1 potential outcomes reads as such. Recommendations of penalties for violations of this code of conduct may include, but are not limited to warnings, refusals of entry or use, disqualifications, suspensions, bans, referrals to venue, security, or platform administrators, referrals to law enforcement or other authorities, community boycotts, and so on. Participants who engage in violations are the focus of resulting recommendations may not be entitled to any refunds or repayments. If a backer is found to have committed a violation, the COC team will release that information publicly and may expel the backer from the COC team. Can I uh, be real for a second? Yeah, man, of course. What is that? That's like, of course. You could always, let me be real is what you should have said. <laughs> let me be real right quick. Go ahead, go ahead. This is not to throw shaded anyone on that coc team but one person Mm -hmm. so ultra david is on his committee (laughs) yeah and you know we talked about ultra david last week and i don't even to be honest i don't even really care for the guy i haven't blocked on twitter because i really don't i don't really care for what he has to say 
So when you said about that whole Gutex thing, I had to go look that up. And then I saw, I was like, I recommend, he said, I'm pretty sure he said verbatim, I block Gutex and so should you. Yeah. And I didn't know that until you brought that up because I have him blocked because he's that type of person. This yeah. thing that reads right here, again, this is not to cast aspersions about anybody else on that committee except for him. If a backer is found to have committed a violation, the COC team will release that information publicly and may expel the backer from the COC team. Why? Why do it publicly? That's true, man. Can we stop throwing people under the bus because they've made mistakes? Like, what the fuck is up with that? <laughs> I'm tired yeah. of that. Yeah, no. So, okay, so a part of me understands why they may have resorted to publicly because, in a sense, I guess the backer is a person that's fundamentally um put his feedback and worked on said code so it's like this guy is not all right and we have to put it out there that he is not all right but i will say that that doesn't that doesn't necessarily have to be public you could easily have just said he said something or you don't even have to say anything you just kick him out nobody will know we like i'll be real with you man the fgc in general doesn't even know all those people in that unless you're a specific person that ties into those tos but there's no one that really knows all of those people i don't know i saw the people that was in that team i don't know all you guys man i don't i don't know any i only know ultra david's in there and like i think another name i've seen and maybe another one and that was like it so like you don't really have to tell us who's in and out out of that like there's no real reason yeah i uh, and listen maybe it should be public if it's something like really really bad like a <laughs> an offense that had yeah. to to be called like the police on like like a, a legit authority yeah and and i would say just piggyback off what you said that's perfect because that's that's telling that's putting it public because you want everybody to be um educated on what just happened you know you need to you everybody needs to know because it could happen to you you know stuff like that that's really good yeah and the reason why i said ultra david because when i read that line i was just like i don't know for sure but that looks like something Ultra David would put in there because he loves putting public dirt and airing dirty laundry out on the, the Twitter airwaves. And that's the reason why I said his mm -hmm. name right there, because I don't know if he came up with that, but a, that reads to me like an Ultra David idea. Yeah, man. But as far as like, if let's say they had a backer who worked on this stuff and mm -hmm. he ended up getting into a, like a verbal altercation with somebody publicly and it got heated for whatever the reason, and he said something, and then somebody caught him, and they decide that it was uh, bad enough where they're kicking him out of the COC team. Now that's going to be on Twitter. Now he's going to be labeled mm -hmm. as a black sheep. Who knows what the ramifications will be for if he can still go to his locals, if he can get still be a part of certain discords. I'm saying, can we just have people, if you are going to punish them by removing them from the committee, can we leave it at that? I understand if, you know, if the dude killed somebody, okay, yeah, let's air that out. That's good. Mm -hmm. But the way this is written, this seems to me like if they're, they're committed any violation Th that's the problem that i had with certain parts of this fgcoc and listen i understand that this is voluntary you don't have to adopt this if you're a local if if you know you can make your own coc or live by your own guidelines i don't know yeah i don't understand why it has to be such a public thing because now that you mentioned it you mentioned those things but it turns everything into this like this vacuum man it doesn't let anything really get resolved in a better and more efficient manner it's like a knee-jerk response in a way where 
you're putting it all out there. You're putting the dirty laundry so everybody can smell. So then once everybody smells it, everybody's going to talk about it. It's going to be the center of focus for everything. And it's instead of it just being something you guys can handle at a smaller level, it gets it gets bigger once you in, invite. It's like inviting other people to smell it. It's like you invite more people and it gets much more harder to deal with. You expel that person that did something one person probably didn't agree with. And then it's like this whole thing. Instead of just kind of like kicking him out, it's like, nah, we don't want you here. Unless he goes out of his way to put it out there. Then that's like, you can't like expect that. You, you I mean, you can't like control that. But it, it's like, you guys can't control the actions you guys do. So in that regards, I don't really like it. Like Max right in that sense, because putting it all out there can really kind of make it harder. And then it just turns into this like Twitter drama with uh, the FGC where all they consume is garbage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll say this just finally. If your tournament adopts this or your event adopts this, for the most part, if, if you kind of mind your own business, at least in theory, if you mind your own business, you're respectful and you just play your game and you just have fun, none of this should really apply to you. You shouldn't run into any issues. That's true. If you're just doing your thing and you're just chilling and playing your game, man, you should be all right, man. Yeah. Like, ideally, like, this isn't a bad idea to have this kind of thing in place because it helps, like, you know, it makes it so that there's not too much blurness and it creates a line. And, I mean, if you're doing your own thing, you should be all right, you know? So. Yeah, for the most part. But one thing I would just really advise you is that you might just want to familiarize yourself if the tournament of your choice does adopt this stuff, just because it's good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we have a few comments here from the FCC Hollywood community, and this mostly came from YouTube because I put out that post asking for questions on YouTube for the end of the show, and most of them had to do with the FGCOC. So this was a little bit of the reaction, not so many questions, but uh, a walking fur. It he basically said that that's cringe, right? Like they they kind of want to esportify this whole okay. thing, and the FGCOC is a step in that direction. MG Brad on YouTube said. I ain't having that at my locals. <laughs> he said, I'll just have a rule for minors and have a sign that says, don't be a D bag. Right. <laughs> will probably serve the same purpose, to be honest. Tribaceous T on YouTube also said they've rewarded it to make it seem more advisory, which they did. Uh, you can actually go to their, their change log and see exactly what oh, they changed. Okay. Uh, do you think this helps or is it just passive? Passive aggressive way of claiming authority. <laughs> I I don't know. I can't say is this going to help? Is this going to hurt? We don't know yet because it just came out. Yeah. Uh we'd have to. I could say it could help, uh, but it's the same thing. It could hurt. It's one of those type of things where we need to just have some more offline events. And if anybody ever like the time when we see someone actually use that, like I'm going to use my code of conduct. This ain't right. And like he uses that. Then we can see how that first person uses that, and if it's and if he uses it in a right or a wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. My one of my biggest problems will be is if the rule of outing these people publicly, and I'm not talking just about backers. I'm talking about just regular participants. If somebody has a whatever, like a misdemeanor violation within the code of conduct, I hope that stuff doesn't show up on my Twitter timeline, and Ernesto Lopez isn't talking about it. Yeah, for yo, yo, for real, man. I don't want to hear that. So talk about that crap, man. It's like, come on, man. Because as soon as he starts talking about it, it's everywhere, man. And yeah. it probably is already everywhere before the time he talks about it. It just gets worse. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I hope that's not going to be the case with this, because if it is the case and we do see that happen, then, uh, yeah, I think it can hurt. I don't know. Again, we don't have a lot of data to, to go off of because this came out. So a lot of there's basically a big TBD till we figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, Daryl said, I get it. Not everyone likes trash talking. Most are honestly bad at it. So why not just remove it to avoid fewer fights? Trash talking doesn't add that much, to be honest. Who is Daryl? Come on, man. What's wrong <laughs> with you? It's funny as hell. What's wrong with this guy? It's because unless you've been hearing a lot of the new stuff, the new stuff ain't as good. But the old stuff? Oh, man, it's great, dude. Oh, my God. People trash talk savagely back in the day. But it depends on where you live, too, man, I think. Because, like, like if you live in, in, in pork chop scene, I think everybody, that's how they communicate, man. <laughs> yeah. It depends. I personally like a little trash talk. It adds a little flavor, but uh, I understand some people don't like it. It's it's fine. Yeah, that's true too. I get it. I love it though. But I I really I feel like it adds character. The uh, the last comment here, Nanya, on YouTube, he asks, "Do you think sponsors will bend the knee to these made up rules to avoid taking responsibility for their players? I mean, unless you, you won't get kicked off. At least I would hope not. You shouldn't get you kicked off off of a team if you break these rules, but." Actually, maybe. I don't know. They man, yeah, they will, man. <laughs> they kick any. Bro, from what I've seen, man, oh, man, they're kicking anybody out for a lot of things, man. It's hard to get a rule. It's hard to get a team, I believe, that really, really takes care of you after something bad happens. Because, like, that's – I think that's one of the big problems with a lot of these things, these conducts and these things. How how much are we really going to give, like, leeway-wise – if somebody messes up, is it a three strike or is it they mess up and your ass is gone forever type of thing, you know? Yeah, most most teams will just get rid of you because it's cheaper. Yeah, man. They, they're not going to want to work with you. No. So, yeah, uh, he's right, actually. they Maybe. If you have some sort of some sort of violation with the FGCOC, I could see how your contract could get terminated with your sponsor. Yeah, again, we'll we'll see what happens with this thing, but it's it's new. I know a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people do like it. Uh, it's it's certainly been a little divisive, but uh, mm -hmm. overall, I think it it should work out unless it gets a little uh, dicey with a couple of those violations. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I don't think people are that smart to find a way to utilize it that way, and if they are, they're probably finding other ways around it. So I think it'll be fine. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So that was the fighting game topic of the week. That was a long one. Mm -hmm. And uh, no non-fighting game topic of the week because I knew even if I had one, I wouldn't include it because I knew <laughs> we're going to spend a long time talking about this yeah, man. FGCOC. So uh, we got a little bit of game sales here. Uh, there are PlayStation 4 sales, but I didn't include them because they end tomorrow and I won't be able to edit this quick enough. So um, sucks for you guys on PlayStation. I didn't see anything on Xbox. Uh, but there are Steam sales through Fanatical. Fanatical always comes in with those sales, so good. They always do good. Um, this sale ends on January 22nd, 2021. You get Skullgirls for $0.99. Cents. The King of Fighters 14, $29.99. That's technically half off from full price. Hmm. The, the King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match for $4.94. The Last Blade 2, $7.99. The King of Fighters 13, $9.99. And Garu... Mark of the Wolves, $4.99. Man, those Steam, uh, those uh, Steam, I was gonna say those SNK games are like always on sale. Yeah, that's like the they're they're like the new Arxis games. 
Yeah, man, I swear they're always on. I always see them on sale nowadays. All right, now we have, we're going to close out the show with listener questions, but uh, Pringle, what I'm going to do here, just because we're running a little over, I'm only going to read Zio's question because this is a topic within itself. So we'll roll back uh, about four to five questions for not next week, but two weeks from now. And uh, we'll just do Zio's question on Patreon and then we'll move over to shout out of the week. All right. So Zio on Patreon asks, since there has been rightful and righteous shitting on Ultra David, (laughs) I want to ask about someone else. Premise. I am a huge fan of this person as a player. I have never seen someone this talented at fighting games, so I am probably biased. Infiltration. I was expecting 2020 to be his Russell Westbrook revenge tour year. Then something happened. Can't remember right now. This dude put that on the question. <laughs> I might as well put what he had to dinner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, so by Russell Westbrook revenge tour year, he means when Russell Westbrook, uh, after Kevin Durant left the Oklahoma City Thunder, Westbrook averaged a triple-double that whole year. Like, he was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And they called it, like, the revenge year because he did it to basically carry the team on his back because he was the best player now. So, anyway, that's what he means. He meant for infiltration to have a really good 2020. Yeah. And then as far as, like, something happened, I don't know what, he's talking about COVID, I'm assuming. is like, can't really win tournaments when there are none. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. He says, anyway, I strongly believe in his version of the story because before hearing it, I already guessed it all 100% the way he explained it. Plus, I had a long civil conversation through DMs with a person that was still accusing him on social media a year after the fact. And he told me that there was another trial going on and he was surely going to get convicted. I asked the guy about it months later and he never replied. So I am guessing he was full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, what uh, is your opinion on the matter? So, uh, for the uninformed, do you, I'm, I'm, do you first of all do you know what happened with infiltration? And I, I, it didn't make sense, so I stopped caring, man. I tried, but it, I feel like all the information was scattered, and I was like, I don't think I care this much, man. I tried to keep it TLDR, but it's kind of hard because there's a lot of information here. But I just want to catch everybody up because it's hard to answer Zio's question on what we think on the matter if most people don't understand what happened. So. This is the backstory for the uninformed. In late 2018, someone on Reddit, who was an anonymous user, accused mm-hmm. inf- Infiltration, who's obviously he's a longtime Street Fighter player from Korea, of domestic abuse against his wife. His sponsor at a time, Panda Global, investigated the, the incident and found that he was linked to an incident with his wife that involved her getting injured of some sort. They Mm -hmm. ended up terminating his contract. He continued to claim his innocence, but due to stress, he ended up saying that he will not participate in Capcom Pro Tour events for the remainder of the 2018 season, as well as taking him out for an additional year in 2019. Capcom Pro Tour ended up banning him from the 2019 season, and he ended up accepting the charges for the incident, and he paid his fine. The fine was like uh, under $700, something like that. Oh, what do you have to pay a fine for? I think it's like one of those things where you just plead guilty, even if you think you're innocent, because it's cheaper to pay the fine than to pay the court uh, costs. Um, I get that, but what was the fine for? Like, do you know? Uh, or... The charge was like violence. Oh, okay, okay, my bad. Yeah, you're yeah. good. Go ahead. Yeah, the you. Korean court systems are a little different yeah, than ours. Yeah, definitely. So there's also like a timeline transcription online of the incidents that 
of what transpired there. So it's all available. It's public information, um, which is kind of weird. I don't know why that is, <laughs> but I was able to find it pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Panda Global even put it out. And uh, why? I don't know. It's, it it's, it's weird. But I believe one of the, the big reasons many were skeptical about this case when we first heard about it. So Inf Infiltration put $100,000 like down payment on the house he and his wife were living in and Damn. yeah that's a lot of money oh my god a down payment of 100 grand <laughs> good lord you remember when he was like he did his mtv cribs version and it was just a, a, a an apartment with like one bed mm -hmm. <laughs> and he just put the games in like a corner i'm like bruh yeah that esports money man yeah man. He ain't eating ravioli yeah. anymore. <laughs> Yo, right? Hell nah. So he put $100,000 down payment on the house that he and his wife were living in. When he called his wife after the incident, right, saying he was going to pick up his belongings, um, she responded, said that, you know, she won't allow it unless he agrees to continue their relationship and move back into the home. So he refused. He ended up getting a locksmith when she was not there. And he opened the, the door. He got all of his stuff. She sued him mm -hmm. for property damage, for damaging the lock. He paid the fine for the damage. It was like 300 bucks. And then mm -hmm. he sued her for the property claim for the house because he paid the down payment, but he was no longer living there. As of right now, I don't know where they are in the trial. I don't know if it's over, if it's still ongoing. Infiltration, you know, he's kind of been on the... He's been keeping it pretty low profile, but... I don't know if it's rightfully so or maybe it was unjustly because I don't know really what happened there. Maybe it was way worse. Maybe it wasn't anything at all. But he ended mm. up getting shunned by many people in the FGC, especially Koreans. The Korean FGC really turned their back on, on infiltration. Yeah. But after the news, I mean, even the North American FGC didn't want anything to do with him. So when he put out his announcement that he's coming back to compete at EVO 2019, everybody was reminded, was like, oh, man infiltration was still a thing we forgot that we hated him and there was like an uproar on twitter he shouldn't be allowed oh yeah you know blah 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 anyway he shows up to evo he's still banned from cpt so he can't he can't enter uh street fighter yeah he won samurai showdown at evo and ever since then he's been working for africa tv as a fighting game analyst in korea dude, this dude is michael jackson bro he can do <laughs> no wrong <laughs> Everyone's like, well, I mean, he's great. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, so right now, I don't know if the ban is, has been lifted. If he can play Street Fighter now. I don't know what the deal is as far as if people have accepted him again in the FGC. Obviously, he's found work with Africa TV, which is like their esports league over there for fighting games. I don't know what happened there. It's It's weird. Like you said, trying to find that information in real time when it was happening was all over the place like it, mm -hmm. some, some of it was on reddit some of it was on twitter there were you know panda global was releasing information and then he was saying one thing the wife was saying another so who knows i don't know what happened there yeah dude i i tried to follow it but it really just seems like a bunch of he say she say what i do know is that i think from also what i heard is that he was scared so that's probably one of the reasons why he pled guilty throughout all of this or something like that um, and maybe it was just an easier thing to do, but Hey, he's pretty good at fighting games. So at the moment, like, unless I have some sort of conclusive evidence 
that tells me otherwise, I'm just gonna be like, hey, he cool with me. I don't, I don't really like. It's hard for me. It's not like OJ. You know what I'm saying? We're like, mm-hmm. OJ, like they got like, dude, they, dude. Did you know that there's like a series called? Um, it's like a true crime st- series of of OJ and Cuba Gooding Jr. plays OJ. I'm like, why are we romanticizing this dude? He's not even dead. At least do it after he's dead. But no, they they giving this guy a, a ten part series of OJ and how he pretty much got away with whatever the hell he did. It's I'm like, come on, man. like that's ridiculous, dude. He's out free playing golf. Yeah, playing. Yeah, man, he's he's living good. He's he has a job, man. He has a normal job, no problems, man. He's juice, baby. He definitely juiced somebody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you ever you ever heard that Dave Chappelle joke that he was talking about? Uh, OJ when he met him, yeah, man, <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. He's oh, like, man. that dude is so charismatic. He definitely killed those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way he can talk his way out of anything, yo, like, yo, he, he definitely did it, man. All the evidence points to him, but you know what? They there's a, a lot of good reasons why it didn't work out, but I won't get into that. But what I'm just saying though is that unless they have something like that, it's very hard. For me to be like okay infiltration is a terrible player and i will say another thing is i think a lot of those asian asian court systems are, are much more severe in terms of what they'll do so i feel like they might end up doing something that isn't as hard in terms of like punishment but then for the community it's like they just look at you pretty differently man i, I think that's a really strong thing with, with a lot of asian communities man yeah i don't know i so as far as how I think about this, so I don't have all the details. I don't think anybody really yeah. has it. It's, you know, it's the internet and mm-hmm. everybody wants to jump to conclusions, especially on platforms like Twitter and social media. Yeah. I'll say this. It's been uh, multiple years since this whole thing happened. It seemed like he paid his fines. It seemed like they've kind of moved on from it. And I think so should mm-hmm. we, because the penalty for everything happening, it already came out publicly. I think he should come back. To being able to participate in pro tours and participate in in open tournaments if he wants to because people will already look at him differently and i think that's punishment enough because nobody will look at him the same and i'm sure it also hurt his career opportunities if he wants to get sponsored again yeah yeah i'm i say let him back in because i think he already paid he paid a fine he he served his time quote unquote away from fighting games yeah I think that was enough. The dude didn't kill nobody. Like, also, can we stop with the hypocrisy? Because we all know that there's a good friend of Justin Wong's that still gets to to hang out, and uh, you know that dude gets to walk around like everything's fine when he has a worse history than infiltration. So let's not Man, uh, let's not pretend. That is. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'll tell you after the show. Um, most people do. I just don't like saying his name because I don't want to give him any more. Uh, yeah, I feel it, man. Yeah, don't give him cloud no that he deserves. Yeah. So we, you know, we want to treat uh, infiltration that way. We better treat everybody that way, not just because they're Korean or American, but because they just bad people. All right, we got shout out of the week. Shout outs to the new indie next gen fighting game, Corrupt. Yeah, Corrupt. That's the one part I didn't like about the the game. Kind of looks neat, but the the name it's Core and Upt. I think it's supposed to be like Corrupt, but. Mm. The way it's spelled, it throws me off. But uh, anyway, Corrupt is an upcoming fighting game focused on advanced technology of the ninth console generation, as well as Unreal Engine 4. The game recently released new videos that show off how its latest character moves and attack looks when rendered for next-gen gaming. 
There's currently no release date for the game. However, a demo will be underway soon. Thank you initially to Sergeant Pancakes and Discord for letting me know. Also, later it showed up in my email. So shout outs to James Jesse Wright for uh, doing a little indie project for next-gen consoles. It kind of looks uh, very NRS-ish, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I got some uh, semblance of some MK up in there, man. Yeah. But yeah, that was it for the show. It was a long show. We had, uh, it was pretty packed, but um, overall I'm happy because there's no podcast next week. Just a reminder to everybody, but we do have a fighting game tournament. We're playing KOF 2002 UM. I almost said KOF 2002 plus R. <laughs> yeah. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Uh, yeah, the challenge link should be in the video version of this podcast. It's also in our Discord. Come join, come play January 23rd, 2021. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. I'll Hopefully I can clip some some highlights, put them on YouTube. I'll see if I play, man. I forgot to mention, but like, yeah, man. So they, uh, they're doing Frosties, man. And they put Skullgirls in there. I don't know if you know, but yeah, they put uh, Frosties in there. So, I mean, Skullgirls in the, in the Frosties, which I was like, good, because it should be in there. And it's been there for like every year, which was really weird. But uh, yeah, man, there's some pretty big names in that uh, bracket. So. I hope I uh, do pretty decent. Or I might just drown in pools. You might have to throw some uh, some uh, some duckies up in there, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got this life vest, man. I might drown, bro. Yeah, well, well, well FGC Hollywood will uh, give you the the spirit bomb energy, hopefully. No, right? Y'all got to hold your hands up and goddamn give me that energy. <laughs> what What's the date for Frosty? Uh, I think it's like the 29th to the 31st. Okay. I, I, the only thing, the only problem I had though is that they put caps on like everything, man. So it was only like 128 cap. And then I was like, wait a minute, it's online. What is, what does it matter? But whatever, that, that, that's another thing. But like, yeah, they have caps. So they might be good. I mean, they, they're running some games that have good netco. So that might be worth watching. I don't know. Are the, the brackets already out? Do you know who your first match is? Nah, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't actually know. That's a good question, man. Let me see if there is it. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you the type of person to study if you already know your first match? No, I won't study. I won't do that at all. I'll probably just, um, I'm just going to keep training. Just keep training and get where I, I want to be. But I don't know, man. Like right now, I'm at, I haven't played as much lately because just stuff happening, which I'm kind of upset about for myself. But I got I to gotta grind, man. I don't got much time too, man, I feel. So I got to be on point. Right. Well, I'm rooting for you. Hopefully you don't get clam hands and and mom spaghetti. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna get mom spaghetti clam hands and and then I'm and then mid-match, I'm gonna poop myself. <laughs> for the most part, I'd be like, oh, at least it's in the comfort of my own home. Right. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. What's wrong with people? Man? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The FGC is a is a wonderful place. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, ladies and gents, that's all we had for FGC Hollywood episode 17. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Not next week. We'll see you guys in two weeks. And uh, yeah, you know what to do. Uh, make sure to follow those rules for FGCOC. You'll probably see them. And uh, don't get banned. Don't go to jail. And hopefully you're here to listen to us in two weeks. But uh, <laughs> yeah, my name is Max Blaster. That was Pringle the One. And uh, we're FGC Hollywood. We'll see you all later. Peace. Peace, y'all. Take care.